When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to an Irreverent Media Podcast. Go to irreverent.fm for more content from our friends. Hello, I'm Sarah. Hi, I'm Kevin. And, and we're, we're your favorite, favorite aunts. aunts. We finally nailed it. We did it. Okay, we're two best friends who have a lot in common and a lot on our mind. And each week we're going to tell you what is on said minds, pop culture, Christian subculture, everything in between. And also we ask, uh, we answer some questions from listeners, people like you. And like your favorite aunts, we've got lots of opinions and a few drinks in us. Because it's um, it's more fun that way, right? So let's get into it. This is a new episode of Your Favorite Aunts. Kicked my ass from here to Timbuktu. Hello, what about now? Can you hear oh, me now? Oh, this is so much better. Hello, welcome. No, welcome to you. You're late. I I mean, I wasn't late. I was on time. I'm joking. Uh, I'm listen. Why are you gonna listen? Why are you gonna get mad at just the fact that you were late? That's on you. I'm just okay. Kidding. Well, first of all, um, it's so good to see you, even if we're arguing. You know, arguing's better than not seeing each other. Disagree. <laughs> I hate. And also, we're not arguing. That's the thing. No, you're right. It's playful banter. Call it what it is. Okay. Well, welcome to an episode of Your Favorite Ants. Uh, we are finally together. We're so mm-hmm. happy for it. And I'm also, so sorry we had... To... Go ahead. Well, I just also want to point out the fact that we know that we're matching. We understand. We yeah. get it. So, uh, hello to everyone who's feeling tired, sad, and overwhelmed, and also just living in the world. Um, I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, I was just going to say, um, I'm sorry that we had to hop back to our Friday day, but I'm in school now on Thursday nights, guys. And so taking am, a certification course, getting certified. I am. I'm getting certified as a coach. So here we go. Not like a sports sporting coach, but a uh, entrepreneurial coach kind of thing. Life coach, if you will. Yeah. Just call it what it is. People. That's like it's an easy frame of reference. Like I like because like I say life coach. I'm just like, all right, that means a zillion things. But. I hate explaining what I do to people. It's too complicated. And then it is all, hard. And then all their feelings about religion get drudged up. Right. Because we're working with religious folks, so. Uh, yeah, we are mostly. Hmm. Hmm. Actually, not mostly. We are. I just work with religious or formerly religious humans. Yeah. Um, so I'm Sarah, and this is Kevin, and we are your favorite aunts. If yeah. you're just, like, if this is the first time you listen to the show, you're going, what the hell is actually happening? Um, but probably not. You're probably all here. I'd see like, here's the thing. You assume everybody's here for the first time. And that is your pastor in you wanting to make sure everybody feels comfortable with the people who listen to this, listen to this because they know what we're about. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, so I'm guessing that you asked everybody how they're doing. Yes. Um, people are saying they're tired, sad. I saw that one. Barely mm. awake on a Saturday morning. Oh, our New Zealander friend. All the, listen, we're going to become the greatest and most important podcast in New Zealand. 
I watch a um, show that takes place in New Zealand called My Life is Murder. It's so good. The girl who played Xena is the lead character. Nice. Um, I also just want to say the fact that you watch so much murder stuff is the reason you get scared alone in, in places at night. They call you. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm in Oregon. Um, if you can't tell, I'm in my trailer wear because today we started on plumbing. My friend Derek came all the way from Canada. We started on pluming. And so we could put a toilet. <gasps> okay. What kind of toilet did you decide to go with? Uh, I went with just like a standard uh, Dometic toilet. We're not putting that in yet, but we have to put all the plumbing so that the mm-hmm. toilet in the shower, babe, so you gonna, are going to love it. So it's like you're going to have like a black water tank? Black water, gray water, and fresh mm. water. Okay, okay, okay. You're literally saying I am. I might be going out into nature, but I will not be using a composting toilet, you nasty ass hose. Just kidding. I mean, I would, but they're like $1,000. Did you know that? No way. I mean, the really good ones are, and you want to spend that money on it because it's the best. I saw this one rig where they did a composting toilet, but like um, the, the bin that you have to uh, uh, empty out, you pulled it from the outside rather than like having to walk it through the inside. And that for me would be like a key feature. I would need. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I haven't landed on the toilet for yet. I haven't bought it. I'm just buying all the stuff to put any, I can put any old toilet in this. Just so, so. yeah, porcelain. Just porcelain. Put porcelain, two gallon, you know, 1.5 gallon per flesh. I also used to work for uh, 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 Ferguson Enterprises. All it's I'm going to say is you are a multitude. I contain too much. Um, so I assume that's a good thing. So continue with how the hell are you doing, my friend? Thank you. So yeah, we, um, for those of you who are new, um, cause there are some, we're going to get new listeners. This is great. Uh, we start out by kind of checking in with our audience, checking in with ourselves. How the hell am I? I am, I'm good. I, you know, I started school like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. three weeks ago now. So uh, when you say I started school, what do you mean by that? Cause that can mean a multitude of things. Right. So uh, I'm getting accredited through a university program to be an ICF accredited coach. So it's like kind of getting your board standards in it, but you have to do 64 hours, I think, of classes. It's like a, you, have to, nice. you have to learn. You have to learn things. So 16 weeks of training, two hours a week in class, and then there's readings outside of class and videos you have to watch. And it's a lot. But and then 100 hours of uh coaching. The crazy thing for me is that I am doing this because people, I'm learning to say yes to the universe because my Mm. good friend, Kevin, and my good friend, Bradley, uh, have been really helpful during this time and just sort of like, what if you just leaned into yeses? And so the experience for me has been that a lot of people were asking me if I would coach them one-on-one. So I thought maybe there's something there. And by what I say, Mm. I thought there was maybe something there. Kevin and Bradley were like, maybe there's something there, kid. So I actually love it. I love working with the clients I'm working with. Um, it has already been so fun. Uh, and so I'm really enjoying that. I'm really enjoying, I'm in uh, Oregon again, working on um, not just my Airstream, but I'm also helping my friends uh, renovate a bathroom in their Airbnb. So I'm living in this Cute. incredible Airbnb. I wish everyone could come visit me. There is a hot tub. You don't really wish that. No, that's true. Not really. Uh, but a fun part. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Tell the truth. Okay. Uh, a fun part, I think, uh, in my life right now is um, Kevin knows and a lot of folks know I love design. And I've been asked to help uh, consult with a couple of churches how to design their spaces um, in a more mm. inclusive way, which sounds crazy. But um, I really believe in aesthetics actually matching practice. And so um, – mm. 
like how we design our space. Like if you're putting your, like, so they have a, one of the churches I'm working with right now has a uh, food bank, but it's in the basement. Mm. And the pastor's like, it feels terrible to me that the people that we really are in ministry with and not in ministry to, which I love. I love, like we talk about don't do ministry. Yes, 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 yes. Do it with people. He's like, they're in the basement. And that doesn't feel right. And so nope. we're going to talk about how do we make that central to our space? How do we make folks come into the space? What does that look like? Why does that matter? Mm-hmm. So I'm getting to do the stuff I love. So I would love say that. I'm doing really well. My friend is in town. He is the internet human that I met because he heard me on a podcast years ago. We started talking on Instagram because he's a plumber. And he's always just said, hey, I would love to come help you. And his friends, and he's not like, he's so funny. His friends were like, what? you're going to the U S to help someone with plumbing. Like, do you even know this person? Could they murder you? My friends here were like, someone's coming to stay with you that you've never met. Could they murder you? And yeah. so last night, I mean, that's we a real laughing. question. That's a real it's thing a real that we've learned that we've moved into, you right. know? And so as we're like both driving from the airport, we're both laughing at our friends saying, do you know this person? But it turns out uh, I had, we had done, I had do something called theology on tap online mm-hmm. and he had participated for like a year and a half. So if it was a long con, you know, but also I know, uh, like the school he went to and who like a lot of, and also just around. like, here's the deal is that there, I preach this all the time. There's no difference between digital and physical spaces to our brain. So if you spent right. time with him on theology on tap, you spent time in a room with him technically, Yeah, like you and, and me right now, like we spend a lot of time together because That's true. also I know like my, I think my capacity just for being social in general has been decreased, which is the why I'm yeah. not, I feel, I feel so fucking tired. Mm. Yeah. Because you've been out in spaces with people. No, I think it's because uh, I think it's, I mean the web, like the day, the days are shorter. That's one thing right. that really fucks with me. Like, because I'm somebody who like I rise with the sun. And so typically like, you know, I get up, I'm like, oh, I'm ready to go. And now like, I don't know. It's not I, coming up for a while. It's not coming up to like 8.30 and I feel more sluggish. I also think that I am, I mean, you know, as per usual, dealing with the shit, uh, um, my shit currently. Like the same, it's the same theme that came up during retrograde. It's around like the lonely feeling and wanting a partner and... It's one of those things where it's like, I, it's also like something me and my therapist talked about today. Like, um, I started, (laughs) I started going to CrossFit as you know, and I am super into you doing CrossFit by the way. I know. And you know, we got into this conversation around, um, like the patterns I have around health stuff and movement stuff. And like, I feel like I'm going into this thing completely mindfully because I'm still listening to my body. I'm still finding what feels good. I'm only pushing myself to where I can go without going over. And also currently I'm, you know, the people who coach this gym are like really cool dads. And so I don't feel, it doesn't feel like a toxic environment. Plus Miles, my best friend who is, uh, Oh, I didn't know Miles went there. Yeah. Miles used to go to this, this gym before he moved to LA. And so I'm just like, okay, if my friend Miles, who is, brown and trans, you know, and, and he feels comfortable there, then I'll probably feel comfortable there. Also, Um, he got really good at doing pull-ups, which is like 
Something I've always wanted to be good at. Mm -hmm. I don't even think just kipping pull-ups. Like I remember watching Miles and he would do like incredible pull-ups. I can't do pull-ups. As a Um, rock climber, that's really hard for me. So other mm -hmm. than that, how the hell are you? It's okay to say you're tired. Mm -hmm. And, and. Um, Yeah, I think that's, I think that's been like the main theme of the week is just, I, uh, I launched the cohort this week. That's been super exciting. And I am. So, and I just, I, I really adore all 21 people who are a part of this cohort. Um, you have 21 people in your cohort? Oh yeah, baby. That's awesome. Um, so we had our first meeting on the full moon, you know, and. As one does. Of course, because I think that ritual and practice need to be differentiated from what we were doing in strict Christianity. Um, and so like getting back to like, what did our ancestors do? They got in line with the moon, baby. That's where all the holidays were. And that's where, like... Oh, yeah. Exactly. It's because they're all harvest festivals. And so just, like, what would happen if you got in line with, like, the natural rhythms of the earth? Um, It's really hard. And I want to admit, like, it's really hard for people who... Like, for me, it's such mm -hmm. a stretch. Like, so even science people or super religious people... We struggle, like science people, whatever that means. Mm. Uh, we struggle with this, like, idea of this, like, organic natural rhythm. And mm. when you say these things, I feel this, like, resistance in me. Hmm. And then I go, where is that coming from? Because how many times have I called you or texted you and said, I don't understand. Today I'm just having a rough day. And you say, yeah, of course you are because blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. my joke is, I, I I think I've texted you, what's in retrograde? <laughs> because yeah. I'm not having a good I day. I mean, that's the thing <laughs> is like, retrograde? <laughs> listen, is it a bones or no bones day? That's the more important question. You know about bones, no bones? I don't know. what I, I have oh, bones. No. Okay. If you know what I'm talking about, put it in the comments. Uh, but it's this um, delicious, cute little old ass pug on um, Instagram, and his owner tries to like prop him up to stand up. And so, if he stands up, he has bones, and if he doesn't have bones, he just like slumps back over. And then it's a no bones day. And so, people at the internet are like looking at TikTok every single morning: is it bones or a no bones day? Um, <laughs> and so. Um, thing is, like, Sarah, I, Sarah does have TikTok, but Sarah does I not do. spend time on TikTok. I do have a TikTok. I talk about my trailer on TikTok. So, like, four people love it. But what do you um, interact with? Like, what's your feed? I love – okay. Honestly, a lot of what I watch is, like, uh, you send me stuff. My friend Joe sends me stuff. Like, um, I love – didn't a, answer a the question. Of- what do you watch? What's on your For You page? What comes up the most? Oftentimes, it's, like uh, – LGBTQIA stuff, which is funny as a reflection, but I think it's just because of my friends and like what I watch and then mm-hmm. it like spins That's out. the algorithm. Right. And then like rebuilding stuff. There's always like people in trailers. Construction. But and then there's also like uh, a lot of progressive Christian lady pastors come up. Yeah. I love progressive clergy TikTok. It's pretty cute. I can't it always, is. it's one of those things where now here's what's interesting. And I think this kind of like I'm just going to transition us into sure. the next thing. Did just, you hear? Yeah. Did you hear slash I want to talk about it? Like, you know. Because, Are you going to put the cute little video? Oh, yeah. I can. Hold on. Hold <gasps> on. Which one is it? Oh, it's, it's I hate this video now. I don't even want to do it, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, I rebuke that. I rebuke that now. I don't think it's good. <laughs> Can you hear? Me? 
Very. Yes, I can hear you. Why do you hate it? I think it looks, I think I'm self-conscious of it. I don't know. Um, either way, the thing I wanted to bring up and talk about and bring to the table, a Washington Post article that just came out. Um, uh, sorry, a uh, Washington Post article that just came out talking about Scott Erickson's event that he actually did. This is Scott Erickson's thing that he did in South Bend, Indiana with Brit. Oh, yeah. I love Scott Erickson, one of my besties. Yeah. So um, he uh, got a, like, it was basically posted like a year ago. I said, hey, post evangelical pastor gathering. Going to be in South Bend, Indiana, just to get people in the room and get people talking. And there was like a journalist there covering it and seemed to be really, really wonderful. Like, but what I noticed, like, there was this theme. In everybody's response. And again, I wasn't in the room and I wasn't, I was just reading an article. And okay. what was interesting is that everyone kept talking about, you know, how they changed their faith, how their faith, faith has evolved, how they, you know, uh, they want to become affirming. They want to move their pastor, their congregations in this like new direction. Um, and they just kept like the thing is like, we want to have more questions than answers. We want to be curious. And I'm like, those are the buzziest buzzwords I've ever buzzed. Okay. And like, I get it. Like we, we don't have like the strongest of language for it right now, but I do. And this is what I would like to offer to the conversation. Is it like, we need to stop focusing so much about what we believe because what we believe is of hardly any consequence. It is our practices mm. that make that make it, that make this life interesting. And I specifically think, that if we start moving Christianity towards a a practice-based religion mm-hmm. that is based in a certain number of ideals and, and like, you know, things that like, you know, regardless of what you believe, you can still engage with a practice, you know, regardless of how like you think eschatolo- your eschatology works, uh, it brings it back to the here and now. And it makes, it makes Christianity a viable option again, if I we, think- if you want to do that. I think that's the, I find it really fascinating in some ways that, um, so in a lot of spaces I'm with post evangelicals, myself being, um, mainliner, but also like growing up in a culture that was post-Christian, right? I so mean, I, I would feel- still say that you're post evangelical. Like you were in the, like, even though like you were a mainliner, like mm-hmm. you weren't always a mainliner. You weren't true. You were not a cradle main. Like I would call cradle mainliners. That's a totally different person. I mean, I was a cradle mainliner. And then like in my high school years, I chose to be evangelical. I chose it. Whoopsie. Yeah. I like aggressively. You it, got I, seduced by the I dark side. And saved. Seduced and saved. Mm. Um, I I would say sometimes I feel a little bit, because my mom's British, because I grew up in a, in a Canadian um, home, I think sometimes I feel like a bit of an outsider, like regarding all of this stuff, like watching it from the outside mm. a little bit. And um, it feels like everyone is sort of circling the same airport. And then yeah. like, and then they're going like, oh, there's like, I'm coming up with this thing and this thing is very new and everyone needs to like do the thing. And I have to tell you that the work that I have been doing in the last couple of months really has landed on practice. It really has landed on, um, I can't be as, um, I can't be as sure 
I can't be, I can't land anywhere right now where I'm at. Um, there, I've got a lot of thoughts and whatever. And, and I've lived in thoughts for so long. I've lived in belief for so long that right now it's just like, I think there is something very powerful in this embodiment movement that we're seeing. Like that is making people just like, there is something compelling. There's so many people talking about, um, Mm. embodiment and all that sort of stuff. And I think that goes back to practice. I think we are, trying to figure out how to, for so long, um, there was this like anti-practice movement, right? Because people were wanting to move Mm. away from Catholicism. So, um, yeah, it's not, it's not about, it's not a religion. It's a relationship. It's all about the relationship. Right. 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 But what's the relationship separated from the body? Um, Mm -hmm. and I think, I, there's so many ways that you and I are a little bit different. Like, I think it's great that people are at least starting to ask the questions, right? Like earlier you and I were like talking offline, online, offline. Mm -hmm. And I was saying like, I think if it's a baby step, great. And you're like, I'm tired of baby steps. Like, And that's the the thing is we are at a point in our history where we cannot afford to wait. The earth is dying. Yeah, that's true. No, I'm, I'm talking – this, this is like an actual existential yeah. crisis. If we yeah. do not heal people's relationship to their bodies, right? you want to know why people don't care about the environment is because they don't care about their own body. So how could they care about the body of the earth? How could – they don't because even see themselves of a part, as a part of it. I was at a youth conference uh, for youth pastors in 2002, I'm going to say. And this guy got up and talked about the idea of all this new age um, – be green stuff like how new age be green stuff yeah literally he was like i know it's really cool right now to talk about like loving the environment and it's okay for you to get in it but like we have to remember that jesus is coming back and that the world will be scorched and i literally like mom armed my volunteers like like we were in a car crash and mom armed my volunteers and i was like oh no 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 because what it is is it is uh not to get too nerdy on you but it's the separation of uh, it, it really is dual, like it's a dualistic thinking, the body and the, so like mm-hmm. the tangible, right? It's Gnosticism in some ways. Thought is what is important. Only thought, only belief is important. We separate mm. our bodies um, from, like from our, from our intellect and we separated ourselves. It's all about what I believe. My belief is correct. Then yeah. I'm okay. Check these marks. And there's no embodiment. There's no room for there's um, no question of there's no question of how does this make me feel? Right. And because and our feelings the feelings are not important to this group. And how does it make me feel is not intellectual or um it, or rational are, or logical. Right. Feelings are not thoughts. And I think that's a really important thing for people. We feel with our bodies. Mm-hmm. We feel with our bodies, so and then we so put often, and then we uh, and then we put language to that, right? And then we put language to it. So I think um, what you're talking about is that some people are still trying to fight or 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 move into a new thing, and they're still only engaging like their mind mm-hmm. and what they believe is their yeah. Um, spirit. And and the people engaged in that, like that's great. So they're using their senses, but they're mm-hmm. not embodying their senses. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's one of the, it's, I think it's that slight disconnect is that if you are only moving from that place, quote unquote, so not even really moving, if you're only operating from a place of intellect and making sure like, oh, if I just fix my beliefs, my life is going to be better. And that's not true. You like, no. because if you're still doing the same thing, so it's almost just like, I lived in a fantasy world in my head 
and now I'm outside of thy fantasy world and I'm in hell when really if I actually like it's only here and like the question is like well what did you do differently after you left well nothing I stopped doing a lot of things but I didn't start to I did not start anything new and that I think is the missing link I think you're right there's no um, practice to go along with and the fascinating thing that we learn more and more is like, um, so goals, it's like if you're trying to achieve goals, so in the classes that I'm taking, we're reading all this like statistics, which I love, um, all these goals that people set, like they can't reach them, but what they can do is change their daily patterns. That's the only mm. thing we actually have control over. Uh, goal setting, unless we do it with pattern making, mm-hmm. um, so practice making, liturgy, the work of the people, the embodiment of the people is the only way that we train, change and transform. So, mm-hmm. and even like brain science around that is super fascinating. So yeah, someone wrote, it was cringe and I don't know what they're talking about. Did I miss a whole comment? We're, I'm looking at the- No, that was some, I don't know. I think it was something way, 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 way back. I saw oh, that. they're talking about the video. They also think the video is cringe. Oh. It's cringe. I see it now and I rebuke it. Okay. And you know what? We can change. That's the thing. Yeah. We don't have to have bad taste all the time. I mean, I thought it was cute, but I understand. Listen, it's okay to be Look, wrong I'm sometimes. I'm always going to support what you do. I just it, I no, just am your biggest cheerleader. That's the problem is that you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't support everything I do. It's, some ideas are bad and I know that. <laughs> uh, so, I, had friend, yeah. I, had, I had a friend in college who actually um, – told me often when my ideas were bad. And that's actually w- how we were able to stay friends. Brutal honesty. I mean, brutal honesty is important. It's not um, even brutal honesty. It's just regular honesty. And people like interpret it as being brutal. I'm just like, no, that's actually the kindest thing anyone could do. True. Someone is asking, how can we separate our bodies? Jesus gave his body, not his rational assent to some ideas. Yeah. So even if you're within the Christian narrative, there was never uh, a separation of mind and body. And yet here we are. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So there's uh, that. The only other thing I was going to say, did you hear? Because I just think it's really fascinating and I'm wondering where it's going to go. Is the whole Alec Baldwin thing. Has anyone else heard this? I was in a concert last night. and He all of shot my somebody. Phone, he, sh- he murdered, accidentally murdered somebody. Accidentally. On set. On why, set. why was there a live gun on set? So many questions. I just wanted to know your thoughts on that. That was it. That was literally it. I hope that um, – I don't know. Uh, I think that he should probably get a manslaughter charge and probably get How reckless indeed. Or is it the prop master? Is this like one – is it finally happening? Like all the TV shows I watch – where like murder she wrote um yeah see there was a mistake with one of the blank rounds or was there and the prop master really was trying to kill somebody see again that's where you're you got to get you got to get out of those murder realms because you are projecting (laughs) hardcore (laughs) i know i don't want it to be true but part of me is like is is that what happened no it's not Um, probably not probably not like it's probably a lot more Simple uh, and boring. Occam's razor, where you go with the simplest answer. I know. Yeah. I know. 
Yeah. Um, okay, uh, we can get to questions now. People are very excited about asking us questions, and we are 30 mm. minutes in, so we can ask questions. I'm going to pull up our – because we had one from the – Yes. Um, what's it called? Um, from the inbox. So just so y'all know, if you ever want to send us your questions, you can send it to askyourfavoriteaunt at gmail.com. We keep everything anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so yeah, I've got something if, if you're ready for it. I'm ready. I'd uh, say hit me with your best shot, but after talking about Alex five, Baldwin, we shouldn't. Mm, Sorry. I don't know. Too soon. No, you're not too soon. It's not too soon. Um, this question comes from actually one of our friends in New Zealand. And it says, I finished my first assignment for my postgraduate in chaplaincy on Friday. Mm-hmm. The This is the question on spirituality and religion that I mentioned last time. Quote, I'm not a religious person, but I am a spiritual person. When I think of Christianity, I think of the crusades, of colonial imperialism, of homophobia, sexism, and racism, and of being told what to believe. I want to develop my own spirituality, freed from the baggage, picking and choosing from various religions and spiritualities to craft something that is meaningful to me. Is that so bad? Unquote. I would love your thoughts on this. Um, Yeah. I would love your thoughts on that statement. Me? That's what no. That's what the that's what the letter says. Oh, I thought you were saying. Mm. I mean, I would love your thoughts on it to start. One hundred percent. I think you're right on. Because at the yeah. end of the day, like I'm the same way. I'm somebody who draws from multiple streams, and I think that's kind of like how I think of it. It was actually Mirabai Star who wrote the book Wild Mercy, who mm. um, she talked about like just like she is someone who is always drawn from the streams of various religious traditions. Um, trying to find the thing that would, you know, quench her thirst. And that's the thing about like going after the beloved. It's always good. Like you're always going to want more of God if that's truly what you're pursuing. And so for me, like I'm the same way. I want to get my truth and my teaching wherever I can get it. And so I think that's really, I think it's great. And I will also tell you that if you're in a seminary type situation, not everyone's going to like that. Chaplaincy, however, uh, if you're in a chaplaincy program, because you're dealing with people of various um, religious backgrounds. That's going to serve you well. Yeah, it'll serve you well. Uh, I think it's one of the things that I think has been really missed out on for folks is like because the narrative that other religions are quote unquote dangerous, Mm. like could cause you to stumble, whatever that might be. Could cause Um, you to fall away from the faith. Right. Could seduce you away from God. Here's the thing is like nothing is worth it if it's easily lost. Here's what I mean. Say it. Say it again. Nothing is worth it if it's easily lost. And by that I mean like so this is going to sound like a random example, but I promise it relates. I uh, almost got married. It's a long and complicated story. And there was a guy that my ex had dinner with who was having a really tough time in his marriage. And I was about to get engaged and this guy knew that. And so he's – sitting down with my then uh, boyfriend and uh, he shared with him because he was in a difficult marriage. I really wish I'd never gotten married. And that Mm. um, he, he later, like a year and a half later came and said to me, I have so much guilt that your fiance soon to be fiance left um, because I feel like the conversation I had with him Mm. caused him to fear marriage and think that it was going to be like mine was I was in a terrible marriage and I shouldn't have done that and I shouldn't put my stuff on him and I looked at him I said here's the deal 
you can't force someone to leave something they want to be in. So when we're talking about, and it was like a freeing thing for me too. Like, I can't be mad at you. You said what was going on in your life. And if you can't hold on to your own beliefs and values within it, then it's not worth it. And this is the same with your religious beliefs and practices. Mm. Nothing that people do around me should if any way threaten the mm-hmm. the depth or the the um sort of the yeah, the the meat of who I am and the belief system that I have. And so I would challenge everybody to take some time to learn the practices. Mm-hmm. Some are going to work for you, some are not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that a lot of churches will narrate that as dangerous. Mm-hmm. Narrate is a straying away, right? Yeah. Um like I saw someone recently posted like Jesus didn't say um well done good and um open you know sir you know whatever they said faithful servant you know mm-hmm. uh and so you're working for your faithfulness not for uh, being open or all these kind of things and I was like I just don't agree. Like, I think so, mm-hmm. also, I think it was shoddy scholarship, but I mean, yeah, I think- that's a very, very, like you're, you, you took one very, you took a, something way, way out of context. Right. Because right. like, that's the thing is like, if we're going to be talking about faithfulness, like what does being faithful mean? Right. Because if it means like, I went to church every day, I tithed, I gave my money to this particular group of people. And then you ask, what did we do for our community? Probably not much. And this is another reason why I think that churches should be taxed. <laughs> I have, a, yeah, absolutely. Unless they can I, prove that they're actually doing something for the community, they should not get nonprofit status. Right. It should be a 5013C that's actually like a 5013C. C3? Uh, yes. Um, I, yeah, so that's all I would say around it. If any relationship is worth its weight, it's not something that can be threatened by someone's outside mm-hmm. ideas. Yeah. So I... Like it can be changed in like beautiful ways, right? Like I think mm-hmm. my faith has been beautifully, like beautifully influenced mm-hmm. by other traditions. And I think that's really important. And I think that's interesting for me too, is that the more I like see other people's practices, the more I learn about other religions around the world, I love God all the more. And I, I see, like, I see this, like, I see the vast expression of the God self in it all. And to me, that is the most beautiful thing that could have possibly happened, you know? And I love those moments when you go, God, Sarah, I'm just such a Christian. And you're so disappointed in yourself. And I, I know it's annoying. It's very, <laughs> it's very annoying because again, like if Christian, like, because unfortunately to be a Christian in this country at this time means a specific thing. Right. And I don't want my, if anything, like, if, if, if it is our practices which define us, then yeah, like I work with Jesus. I meditate on the teachings of Christ or the teachings of the Christ. I meditate on the cosmic heart of love. Like, you know, and, it ha- and for me, it, ha- it still has many names, but the one that I still work with the most happens to be Jesus. And I can't, again, I'm a homosexual who was born with an incurable disease. It's called Christianity and I don't know what to do. <laughs> and so friend who asked the question here's the answer that both of us feel go you're ahead right. check things out yeah, you're doing great yeah it's perfect chaplaincy perfect. especially as a chaplain um just as a chaplain because you want to understand other people's perspective and mm. there you cannot understand other people's perspective until you've dove in it a little bit and seen like uh one of the things i i remember being shocked in 
like middle school, when I started thinking about this idea, well, if I was born somewhere else, what would my other, you know, if, if I was born in a different family, what would my practices be, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's so many questions around that. And I think that's great. Someone asked a question in, do you mind if we answer one of our chat questions? I, you're, it's, you're, you're as much a boss as I am in this space. Well, earlier you were trying to do the show without me. So um, that's because <laughs> I was on time. Because okay, I was on, I was I on time. Okay. Are we fighting? I don't want to fight. Um, when someone asked about, is it, you know, with Chick-fil-A's terrible practices, this is going to be a good one because Kevin and I have some thoughts. Uh, mm. Can you pull up the question? Uh, it was around Chick-fil-A. Uh, sure. Uh, this one? Yep. We know how anti-LB. TQ Chick-fil-A is. So is it fair that I get upset with my family when they go to Chick-fil-A? Yeah. If you want to get upset about that, you're totally allowed to. You're totally allowed to get upset about it. Do Kevin and I eat at Chick-fil-A? Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> now, here, now, here's the thing I want to say about this is that if you are someone who gets mad about other people eating at Chick-fil-A, I would also like to know, do you shop at Amazon? Uh, Do you go to other fast food restaurants? And do you know if those fast food restaurants uh, pay their workers a living wage? Uh, Do you go to Walmart ever because it's convenient and cheap? Do you drive a a car that that uses fossil fuels? Um, As far as like, you know, you're allowed to like eat wherever you want to. Like that's on your principle. But I'm going to say for me in my house, uh, there is none pure among us. So I'm like the only person who I think actually has the ability to critique me is my friend Miles, who actually sticks to his morals, does not shop at Amazon, does not. Miles does. uh, But why is Miles the best human we know? (laughs) And the the thing is like Miles isn't even the best human. Miles is just like you and I, just Miles has made a choice. Right. And I could make that choice. And you know what? Right now, the easiest way for me to get my books out in the world is for me to use Amazon direct print. And that's unfortunate but I don't have a thousand dollars to do my own run, you know, not right now. Yeah. And- I don't, I don't eat at Chick-fil-A regularly, but there are times that I do. And so I'm not going to pretend that I don't. And I know like my friend mm-hmm. Josie 100% hates that people eat at Chick-fil-A goes mm-hmm. on rants about it, all this sort of stuff. And I get it. I 100% get it. Yeah. And that is because like, you're right. Like I, but here's also a really weird thing is I have multiple queer friends who work for Chick-fil-A corporate Me who too. work to, actually try to change the environment and actually a lot of their trainings around how they treat employees come directly from those queer people doing the work on the inside of an institution. And again, at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a fucking socialist. And so I think that they should be taxing the shit out of them all the more, et cetera, et cetera. Pay for our healthcare, please. Thank you. So yeah, at the end of the, so at the end of the day, I would say it's, um, uh, you know, if you're unless you are you're allowed to be mad at people for doing whatever they want. Um, I just think that my attitude, um, my attitude about it is that like unless like uh, Chick Fil A is not the greatest existential threat to the queer community. No, uh, and also like the fact that the president did so much work to like try to understand his gay friend is still one of my favorite like mm-hmm. interesting stories. Is, are they anywhere near where they need to be? No. Am I defending Chick-fil-A? Absolutely no. not. Do a lot of queer kids that I know work for Chick-fil-A? Yep. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, it's also a job, you it's know? It's also a job. So and it's, also they pay a living wage. They, and also they pay they a living. Benefits. That's the thing is that as a company, 
They actually, my mom was paying $15 an hour back in 2008. In 2008, baby. Yeah. So like, I don't know what you want me to, it's. It's hard. So it's, it's one of those, it's one of those very, very complicated things. And then someone also asked what's so bad about Amazon. Um, Google it, you know, mm -hmm. Google the, um, the anti-union, uh, the way that they treat their employees, especially over the course of COVID, the way that they demoralize their people, the way that they actually don't pay them a living wage. They do pay their, so one of my friends is high up in the exec of Amazon mm -hmm. and they do pay really well up there, but I think there is. There's some interesting things going on in Amazon. There's also the whole conversation around like the fact that, you know, we've got bazillionaires who are paying to go to another planet instead of figuring out how to care and love yeah. this planet. It's so, it's so it's like Jeff Bezos is out there. It's like, I want to thank every person. And then this is like, this is why I need to divest. This is exactly why. And at the same time, until you can find me a, uh, you know, actually I'm willing and open to hear all um, possibilities of how I can be better. And also today, I am not. CJ said, I heard that they fire people for being LGBTQIA. You're talking about Chick-fil-A? Um, I know that at the local Chick-fil-A where I was in California, the answer is no, that wasn't true. Yeah, and also, um, again, if you go to it, like depending on your state, again, it could happen, but also that's going to be that's that'd be any job you can get fired. So that's not just a Chick Fil A thing. That is any yeah. business really throughout the South. I'm more angry that I can't get. Um, this is where capitalist Sarah comes out. Not really capitalist Sarah. I grew up at socialist. Uh, I just don't like that I can't get iced tea on a Sunday. I mean, because it's absolutely. the only day I ever want. Like I crave tea on a Sunday. That's why you got to get Always. that gallon on Saturday night, baby. Get that gallon on Saturday, go through the drive-thru. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if anyone, by the way, if anyone ever fires you for being gay, um, and it's, I mean, depending on your state, you might be a protected class of citizen. But if you are, you're likely not going to get fired for that, so. There it is. If only they would get the Equality Act passed. It was so funny. My uh, So my friend is in town from Canada and we were talking about some funny Canadian truth. So last night we were in a line to go to a concert to go see the Wood Brothers. I don't know if you know them. Mm. Funny name. Incredible band. Uh, and we're in this line and you just smell the weed. Just smell the weed. Nice. And I look at my friend and he lives in BC and I look at him and I'm like, hey, just so you know, like weed is legal here. And he's like, Sarah, I'm from Canada. And I was mm -hmm. like, I looked at him and he goes, it's been legal in our country, Sarah, since you left practically. <laughs> he's like, he's like, there was a, he goes, honestly, there was this time when hockey was on strike and gay marriage was legalized in all provinces. Uh, weed was legalized in all provinces. He's like, it's like we stopped playing hockey and we're like, well, we should probably take care of some legislative stuff. And then like the country resumed. <laughs> like it was like. See, this is why the, the case. For, okay. Also real last talk. I'm getting my my passport squared away um because i tell you what if these midterm elections next year don't go the way they need to do i am making a serious plan on how i'm going to get out of here i'm gonna go back to scotland or i'm gonna go back to mexico are we gonna get married and i'm gonna take you to my home and native land no i'm going to find a gay man in canada to marry me because oh, i mean my, my friend lucas wilson said that he would marry me for um, a canadian green card oh that's kind yeah so in 2016, I got a lot of um, marriage proposals from guys who were like, can we 
go back to your home and natively. I'm ready. I'm ready to get out of here. I'm ready to pledge my life to. I have three passports and and no spouses. I'm just saying. Actually, Richard Brown, will you marry me so I can move to New Zealand? Will you marry me for a green card? Oh yeah, New Zealand's got really difficult uh, immigration. Even though I'm a EU, well, I'm not a EU anymore because England because we left. Uh, Whoopsie. But when I was looking at like New Zealand, it was going to be a really hard process to become a citizen. Well, uh, marriage can't hurt. That's for sure. I mean, it can hurt. Marriages can hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even want to ever get married anyways, technically. So even though it was so funny, is like, I love going to weddings, but I don't think I ever <sighs> want to get married. Well, that's the other thing. I think a bunch of people have been like messaging me, like, where's your favorite aunt? What's going on? And literally at one point I just wrote someone, Kevin's been in, been at or in a lot of weddings lately. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about like just... Shit happens in this world. And, and all- we're making it work out. Also, this is our fun thing. So we've been a little bit looser than we've been with our other projects. Yeah. And I, you know, I like the lack of pressure. I like mm-hmm. um, the fact that I can still, you know, sip a LaCroix and smoke a J with my friend. That's really what I came here to do. This is great. Someone said, I need a country that is LGBTQ friendly, has baseball and pro gun rights. That's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> in Canada, we are not pro gun rights. I mean, rights. I mean. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, the thing about it is, we like, this, this is called Georgia. You know, it's, I mean, at least in Atlanta, it's LGBTQ friendly and has like really bad gun laws. And also, I just want to challenge you that you're saying pro gun rights. I would like to, uh, that's a longer discussion for another time because I, where some people, we have a lot of feelings about guns, where other people are out here saying, oh, they're not trying to take your guns. I am. I 100% want to take pretty much all of your guns, save your hunting rifles, keep your hunting yes. rifles, go yes. out. Catch your deers and whatever. You don't. You don't, eat you don't what fucking need. Hey, our. You don't need an AR fifteen. No. You don't need it. No. Now, granted, uh, I do think that like I'm ready to uh, if I ever you know start my compound and my commune. Um, <laughs> um, compound com- see, commune. Yeah, if I ever start my uh, compound commune, I am not below having uh, you know. A stockpile for when, um, you know, the straights, uh, white and white supremacists come to get me. Um, I'm not, have, I'm not a, I'm not a guru, you know. I have, I have two really good questions in my inbox. Ooh, bring it but on! We'll, but I know we only have time for one. So, oh God. Okay, I'm gonna ask the really. Do you want the one that's gonna take a lot to unpack, or do we want that for next week? Uh, Do we want to talk about non-monogamy this week or next week? Ooh. I mean, what's the other question? The other question is around self-care. We talk about self-care all the time. Let's talk about non-monogamy. Non-monogamy. Non-mahogany. Non-mahogany. Whether or not we use mahogany. I have some I have some thoughts. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, thoughts on ethical non-monogamy with the lens of shalom in the way of Christ. What's the question? The question is really, what are your thoughts on non-monogamy as someone who practices the way of Christ? I think it's great. (laughs) And (laughs) see. I mean, that's what it boils down to is that if you are an adult person, because like, here's the deal. You look at the Bible, like the Bible is not clear about sexual ethics or even like rights. Like, you know, so if you want to say like, you know, there's marriage in the Bible. No, it's no, there's not. 
There is not like a yeah. single way or prescription on how to do a marriage ceremony for Christians in the yeah. Bible, um, let alone in, in the Torah. Um, and so I'm at a place where I have deconstructed what I think about marriage to the point where I still see it's a, for me, it's a remnant of patriarchy for me. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a beautiful ceremony can be, but at the end, like also <laughs> I don't like how we elevate this one kind of relationship above all others they get we give it like its own fancy day we give it its own thing we have like and that's not a bad thing whatsoever but i don't like i think that like we need to queer our orientation towards all of our relationships like i do not want like you know my relationship with my significant other is no more important than my relationship with you is no more relation mm -hmm. important than my relationship with my other close friends they're all just different you know, for me, it's like, you know, it's uh, it's this leveling of the playing field. Um, and I also think it allows us to rely on one another more, like in a more effective way. You know, it actually, it, it, it creates um, room for this like radical interdependence versus what we've, you know, had to deal with this, this you know, by placing all of our needs and wants on one singular individual. If you are a super nerd, there is a great book called The All or Nothing Marriage. It is a um, the long, longest longitudinal study of um, couples and satisfaction. And it talks about uh, how do we live in a society that now suggests that one relationship is the primary relationship. And the truth is, is that folks need to work on their expectations of one solo relationship. Because when we're talking about like what marriage was and what marriage is uh, in the time when we're talking, and I'm using this word understanding that I'm not trying to do cultural appropriation, but the idea of like your tribe or the people that you mm. were living in community with would help you fulfill all the needs that would need to be met. And then you had a primary partner who was then the person that almost like a business deal, like you're running a household together. Mm -hmm. Yes, love was involved. Yes, all this sort of stuff. So when we're talking about marriages that statistically are doing well or like there's a high level of satisfaction in this current time, mm -hmm. there is this great understanding of uh, their marriages that understand that you're not going to meet every need. That is not what Nicholas Spark is going to tell you. That is not mm -hmm. all this sort of stuff. When That's not what your pastor is probably going to tell you, right? That person needs to be your, you know, put them first. You got to, <laughs> if you're not putting the way you love, you've got to put your wife first, but also you got to put God first, but also your children first and America first as well. Right. Before but yourself. I will, I will say this. I, I feel a little bit, um, I have a tough time talking about this only because I'm recognizing my own, um, sexuality in that I am a monogamous person. Yeah. Uh, and so it has always, and, and my lens through which I look at the world as a monogamous person has um, always been just accepted as primary and understood as like, that's normal. the only lens. Normal. Right. My, my lens of being monogamous has always been seen as normal. Or I would say your relationship, your orientation to relationship. My or thank you. Yeah, my orientation towards relationship has always been seen as normal. And so I for a long time I've had a lot of friends who are non-monogamous. And I these are where I tell you uh so much work uh and transformation happens in prime like in friendship relationships because the amount of um compassion and grace people have shown me around this stuff, because I'm like, I can't understand that because I mm -hmm. know 
how I am in, in relationship. And that would be really hard for me mm-hmm. and them to allow them the space to say, yeah, but that's not hard for me. And then my eyes be open to, oh, mm-hmm. maybe not everyone thinks the way I think. And I think so many people have been forced into monogamy mm-hmm. and yes. then they lie and then they lie and then they hurt Hello, the partner here who I am. might be monogamous, right? The partner who might be monogamous as a, mm-hmm. as a orientation yeah, uh, then gets harmed because they think they're also in a relationship with yeah. someone who is monogamous as an orientation. Mm-hmm. So there's so much to be put on the table. And I know it's mm-hmm. for those of us who are, monogamous in or or believe at least that we're monogamous in orientation like Mm. i gotta tell you sitting down and just sort of opening ourselves up to what does that mean do i think people who are non-monogamous can have really healthy happy marriages absolutely and they do choice and they do uh we know people uh that's a choice uh and i think there is this thing about radical consent and radical honesty that we're gonna have to really there is not we've called so many things selfish instead of honest hello yes god we have called so many things selfish instead of honest and so so many people have lived trying to fit into a mold that they cannot do and so they Mm -hmm. harm and hurt themselves and others instead of saying this is who i am who can meet me in this is who i am Mm-hmm. Because if I end up in a relationship with someone who is non-monogamous, I will have my heart broken again and again and again and mm-hmm. again. And I will be trying to catch their gaze. I will not understand that they care for me even when they, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there is, because I have set myself up for failure by not being able to have that conversation around that stuff. And I think that's like, I do so many married weddings. I love doing weddings. I love officiating weddings. Mm-hmm. I love weddings. Um, and I think the truth is, is a lot of the conversations I have are around things that sh- shock people sometimes. And and part of it is like, how do you feel about this? Mm-hmm. Because, because the idea, the narrative that we've been sold that there is only one way to look at marriage mm-hmm. um, can really head you for failure. And how do I know that? I don't just know that because I want to know that. I know that because statistically we've got to look at what's happening. 51% of all marriages. And that's higher in Christianity. Mm-hmm. And that is not like, I'm not saying that people who get divorced are bad people. This is not a judgment. This is just saying, looking at no. the data, we need to understand what we're doing here. And I also think that like, there is a way, I mean, like, even within like, you know, as you, as you said at the top of this, um, and we're coming up on time, so I don't want to go further. But like, you know, like as somebody who is a non-monogamous person and did not think it was an available option to me because the Bible, because I thought that I had to live into this heteronormative coupledom, um, I ended up lying and cheating on my partner. Like, mm-hmm. and I hurt him terribly. And like, mm-hmm. I can never, and also like to this day, like I have to like deal with the fact that I will always be the bad guy in that story. And like, let me tell you what, nothing will humble you more than recognizing your own bullshit. And had I been given the language, the tools, uh, the option of, you know, non-monogamy of being in an open relationship, then like, like. It demystifies so much. Like, I think we have been sold this bullshit that we're supposed to be a little bit of mystery and a little bit of like you know, all these things. And then we aren't honest with mm-hmm. people when we're getting into relationship because it feels like it's too much. Right. But yeah, the truth is, is like, we need to bring all of our stuff to the table, especially like for me, I'm in my early forties. Like 
this is not a time to be like three dates and then I'll call you back. Like, do we work? Does no. do the way does the way we do life work yeah. together? Does the way we think about orientation work together? Does yeah. It, and I will travel to the end of the world for some. I would move states. I would do all those things if the person is compatible to the way that I do life. Because otherwise, we're just going to keep hurting each other, and we are yeah. going to lie to each other. Yeah. And and we may think we can hold on to that lie for a really long time. And the tough part is, I think people so do. Many, I did. So many structures make you feel like you have to. Ding dong. So then and you're you sitting don't. in there feeling more and more lonely, and the 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 data and the the work around this stuff that we look at is the more people feel disconnected, mm -hmm. the more they behave in ways that are not helpful to themselves or others. When you are shaming yourself and hiding your shame, you it's the thing. The thing about it is, is like you're just ashamed that you want this, and that's mm -hmm. the thing. Is like you're ashamed of your desire. And when you're ashamed of your desire, it comes out in perverted ways. So it's not wrong yes. that you want to have sex with someone who's not your partner. Uh, it's wrong for you to lie about that. Yes. Oh. And that's the thing. It's just like, no, the question is like, where does this desire coming out of? Like, am I coming as, is this desire to have sex with another person because we've lost the, the novelty of our love? Um, we just know each other too well. We are taking each other for granted. And again, if you're not actually talking to this person about that, you don't know. And so if you have a feeling of like, what would it be like for you to radically share that honest feeling of this is what my desire looks like and trust your partner to hold that for you. And if your partner cannot hold that, then get yourself in some therapy and learn how to hold space for each other. And demystify that the only way you can be in relationship with someone or the only way that you have won is the idea of like, I've captured the hard to capture person. And now my whole life is just trying to keep them into Like if the only way I can feel good about myself is if this person's um, gaze or this person's mm -hmm. attention is upon me. Movies tell us that, like all this sort of stuff. That's called and codependency. So, and codependency is honestly songs. Codependency mm. is books. Codependency is movies. It's all That's, over. It's like it's, it's also normal. It's norm. It's been normalized. Yeah, and people don't recognize that they have highly codependent behaviors. And then when they're like, you know, their friends start to emotionally, like, you know, individuate and differentiate, they get mad that like, why aren't you like doing these things with me? And it's like, no, like you gotta. My question: Hold your own gaze. Can you do that? Can you look yeah. at your? Can you look at your own eyes in the mirror? Can be, you be by yourself? Am I okay if you choose me or you don't? Yes. And the answer is always yes. And the answer is always yes, but it's hard, guys. I mean- Oh, yeah. It hurts like hell. It hurts like hell. And then I have to uh, remind myself that what is for me will come. Otherwise, mm -hmm. like what is for me is for me. And I yeah. cannot force- I, I refuse to force anything anymore, you know, and I, the magic around this idea that like, I, I don't know, I think there's just so much to be said about this like magical feeling. This, da, da, da. No, no, it's like, can yourself meet myself? Mm -hmm. I mean, my, my actual self. And then if it can't, okay, I'm still, okay. I'm still, I'm still a fucking light. I'm the goddamn sun, bitch. <laughs> and that is not selfishness. That is not anything. I mean, 
like, again, it's the research. I'm a nerd. So the research and all of this tells us those that can hold on to themselves, they have stronger marriages because they're not asking you to complete them. That mm-hmm. whole line, you complete me, is absolute codependency. Mm-hmm. And we crumble and crush people when we ask them to complete us. Anything that you which that which you make God and is not shall die. Mm-hmm. And that's You're what such a Christian. Am I? But I <laughs> you know, but that's what we do. Like, you know, we're looking for this person to complete us. And I'm just like, God is not found out there. God is found in here. Can you learn to go within? Can you learn and to find the Christ? Hard. And that's the thing. The Christ, if you will, you know, the spirit of the living God is hiding inside of you all the time. You know, it's it, what does it say in, in Proverbs? It says spirit that. Spirit of the living God. Fall fresh on, on me. me. Fall fresh on me. Fall fresh. Um, anyways, let us not. We could go on for days. Let us this. not linger. This has been so fun. Thank you I, for everyone who joined us. Mm-hmm. Do you have any announcements or things that you want to promote before we jump I off do. the air? I do, yeah. So we, um, I'm really excited. We're part of something called a Reverend Media Group. Um, you know, and I think uh, one of the exciting things is the partnerships that we've been making in that. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. So my friend, uh, Justin Gentry, our friend, and I have this uh, project that we've been working on and we'll be launching in November called... Rev Covery for people who were in ministry or were volunteers mm-hmm. or were really involved in church and now go, I am going to move outside of that or shift my role in that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to human. So from writing resumes to like, what's life like outside? How do I make friends as an adult? All mm-hmm. these things we're working on um, just sort of creating a podcast that answers the question, what now? So mm-hmm. Rev Covery, uh, welcome to the Rev Covery Room. We're going to be talking a lot about that stuff. So I'm excited about that. It's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. Making Spaces is coming back, I believe, in December. Um, and it might be like a Making Spaces slash Sonderless thing as I've been like working through this stuff. So my own private podcast will be coming back. It can be whatever you want it to be. That's like a tiny revolution for me. Like right now it's, you know, been interviews, but I'm like over the winter, we do something different. <sighs> I'm excited. So do you have anything to announce? Um, I've got new merch in my store. It's super fucking oh, it's cute. cute. Um, so crop, cute. Crop tops and soft hoodies and long sleeve shirts and soft shirts for uh, the winter. I uh, I want to see about possibly getting a line of denim jackets, like a limited run of oh. denim jackets that say bad theology kills on the back, like stitched in. Oh, I'm in. Like, I don't know how much those would cost, but like, I'm going to find out because I would love to have like a delicious, like highly, em- I'm talking highly embroidered. Yeah, no, I love that. Like that, the, like I the whole. I have a great, I have a great contact for you. Mm, can't wait. She, she personal. she uses her grandmother's uh, wheel based sewing machine to stitch for people. And she can do it on a grander scale. So she's made all these Christmas presents for me. She's amazing. Yeah, it sounds like really expensive. I need something that's going to produce at a as a high as a at a high volume, because that she's hand stitches. You know how expensive hand stitching is. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, great idea, but too expensive. But also, you and I could get matching denim jackets with like something. Which with something? What were you gonna know. say? Someone just sent me. So someone sent me this yesterday for us, and I love it. So this is what we're gonna end on. Are you ready? There is a candle out there that says, 
This candle is for the cool ant. Smells like wine breath and inappropriate conversation. That's fucked up. <laughs> That's us. That's fucked up. Tell your friend that they're an asshole. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyways. We should think about our own merch. We probably should step into it and make some catch money. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning into another thank episode you. of Your Favorite Ants. Your Favorite Ants. Um, we love you. We're having a great time out here in these streets. Um, go buy our merch. It's at thekevingarcia.com slash merch. Go buy my book. It's called Bad Theology Kills. It's at badtheologykills.com. Mm-hmm. You can find mine on Amazon. How embarrassing is that? Uh, you can find... Mine's on uh, Amazon which, too. Like, you know. What's your story and the authenticity challenge? If you're looking for any consulting, Making Spaces Consulting opened its doors last week. Come on, L- with, Come on, LLC. Did she get a business? Uh bank account yes she did did it take her an hour and a half sure it did thank y'all so much for joining us did it take you an hour and a half or did it take you a year and a half like it's taken me listen i'm joking together we kept saying weekly together we had weekly weekly goals and i still don't i still don't even have it i still don't have it anyways we're doing it we love you so much thank you for tuning into another episode of your favorite next week friday yeah friday 4 p.m eastern 1 p.m pacific um And have a lovely and safe weekend. Do things that you enjoy. Goodbye. Goodbye.